0: Everybody, welcome back to the Tip of the Tower podcast, and we've got the full crew here today. Jake Milton down in Jersey watching the Raptors. (laughs) I don't even know what to call that. What do you call that, Jake?
1: Do the thing. A shit kicking responded by a shit kicking back by the Jazz, then a destruction. They won by twenty eight or something. I wanted it to be forty though. That just would have been funny. Oh, man,
0: I I wanted it to be, I wanted, okay, at least 20 is good, but I wanted it to be like 30, just really stick it in, you know, like you put the knife in and you twist it just a bit, well, that's what I wanted, but beggars can't be choosers at the same time, and back to the podcast this week, Austin Owens, fresh off his trip from Calgary, he has, yeah,
2: sorry everyone, I thought, most of you wish the trip was longer, but,
0: (laughs) Cowtown.
2: Out of town. It was a time. I enjoyed
0: it. Definitely was a time. You brought some souvenirs back, I hear.
2: Yes. I've got your cowboy hat and I need to find I've got something for Jake as well, but
0: Oh whenever Jake makes his way back up to uh the Great White North. Yeah. We do have so we were gonna talk quickly about the rafters, but we do have Jake on a bit of a mission right now. <sighs> Jake uh what's this a week ago you asked us? He's like yeah. I need to find a red Kyle Lowry autograph jersey. Yes. I, I thought simple enough. You know, there should be some places <laughs> there that There
1: are I found one in the entire United States.
0: Yeah. It's I I can't believe it's not that prominent of a of an item. Um yeah. Trying to find one A that's actually a legitimate jersey. Cause we have found it,
1: and, a... and looks and has the new color scheme. Cause I saw, the one I saw was a red one, but it was the Raptors like, pre messiah Raptors jerseys, which just looked so ugly. Oh yeah,
2: they were bad. <clears throat> yeah, they
1: that jersey
0: didn't look right, and that's why I didn't want to share with you at first, especially that price, like that didn't seem right. So. Uh... Just you got to be very careful, people, when you're looking for jerseys online. Jake's uh, Jake has got a bit of a collection. I don't even know if we can see it.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd have to turn it. I have I have uh, three signed ones. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Got a, a got a signed Kawhi picture. I have a Carmelo Anthony jersey, a signed Team Canada one, and a Matthews jersey. Nice. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah.
0: Um. So it's funny. So the last time Jake and I took the reins, uh, this was the night that Mike Babcock was fired. Austin was. Let's just say you were in an array of emotions at the time.
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh, I was. Yes. I don't really. You want me to just go off on a tangent here? So I did not hear about the Mike Babcock news. Um, for any of you that aren't. Aware. I don't know if I've ever brought it up on here. I've been working on contract with the CFL. I've been down in Calgary for the past week doing work with them on the Grey Cup, which if you haven't gone to a Grey Cup, I have now learned. Go to a Grey Cup. It is incredible. Quick plug for the league there. Shout out to everybody. Um, so on, the, what was it, a Wednesday, I guess it would have been, because we were at, that was the first day of practices at the Grey Cup. I'm trying to summarize this as quickly as possible. We did Hamilton first, then we went to Winnipeg's thing, and we were in, like, this... In, you know when they have, like, outdoor baseball fields, but they have, like, the little locker room pods yeah, that are, like, yes. around? So we were in one of those. That was, like, our center for the media for the day. And I had a couple of guys around me that were all Leaf fans, and I get a text from Dave that says, Leafs fired Babcock, or something along those lines. Babcock's fired. It's like, all right, sounds good. And then I get... So I know it was big news, because my girlfriend texts me and goes fired Babcock she doesn't really she only watches hockey when I have it on so that's how I knew it was a big thing um, so yeah I was in the middle of practice and everybody at the table was sort of like half doing their job and half looking up Babcock stuff because we were all like it just dropped out of the middle of nowhere it was like it would have been like four o'clock your time our time I guess and then two o'clock Eastern.
1: yeah no yeah up. it was about no it, it was like it was like 430 Eastern.
0: Yeah, it was Yeah. It was during over I know it was during overdrive and they yeah. <laughs> kind of just changed their whole overdrive uh show, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, their um, reactions were pretty hilarious how like nonchalant they were. It, it,
0: this is the thing though. I mean, we we kind of talked to her that it was sort of writing on the wall in a way. Which is interesting because we never thought it was actually going to happen this year. And man, now, now people are saying, "Why didn't it happen earlier?" Because now you look at the team and you're just like, "This is not the same Leafs team under Sheldon Keefe."
1: Is it safe to say? No, the, I, it's been weird. I mean, Freddie looks completely different. I, I, I mean, I didn't watch the game Saturday. I just was busy doing other things. But um, no, I mean, they look a lot, a lot tighter defensively, which is kind of ironic. It seems like it seems like. They also play with the puck a lot more, which is probably true. Um, but, yeah, it looks like they just offensively they've gotten unleashed. Like a lot of different guys have looked just so much better. Like, like Mikheyev, he was kind of in hiding for a little bit there, um, had a really hot start, and then he kind of slowed down. But, I mean, the two guys that have come out the biggest out of it, it's it's Taveras and, and Tyson Berry. They've looked like completely different guys. Both of them have been unbelievable.
0: I, th- no. I think the big thing with, um, with it is, Sheldon Keefe is kind of taking the reins off a little bit. Like, we we sort of had an idea that Babcock was a coach that liked control, and liked to dictate the narrative and wanted certain things to be done a certain way. So he would, you know, have the, the reins on the guys. Sheldon Keith pretty much just sh- took the chains off and says, "Boys, go and play." I mean, you're right, Jake. With Tavares, he looks he looks totally different. In offensively, I think that he's still giving the same effort on the defensive side, maybe a little bit more. Um, but he's playing more. He's got. I think, uh, McKeever works with him on that left side right now with uh with Marnero. That's I think that's something that's not being talked about right now, Austin. Awesome. They're doing all this, and Mitch Marner is out. That's a big offensive contributor not in the lineup for them right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I imagine this team with Mitch Marner, and just to add on to the point with just the team looking different underteeth, I, I said before I was gone from the last podcast that it looked like this team just had quit on Mike Babcock, and I think there was a quote from Cody Ceci that pretty much confirmed that, and he said, guys just seem like they're more energized now. and
1: Yeah, isn't mere? Did you read in anything into that quote? Because I thought that was kind of a bullshit comment. Where he, Didn't he describe like effort wasn't there or something? Where he's yeah, like, he said we like feel the like, guys
2: actually want to play for Sheldon, basically.
1: Which I thought was kind of in bad, in poor taste for a guy who's played like shit. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, to go back to, I think it was Peter Horacek, I think the give a shit meter is just at an all-time high at this point. So, uh, they just look like they care. There's a ton of things you could nitpick about what's different from Sheldon Keith's game style of play to what's different from Mike Babcock. But the team just, you, you see it, the proof's in the pudding with this team. They're just playing better. Mitch, when he comes back, I mean, it's a matter of him and Trevor Moore that are going to be coming back. It'll be interesting to see what they do, honestly, because I don't... I guess Patan probably comes out and Engvall goes down. Uh, that would be my guess, but... Who knows? With him, there could be a lot of different things going on. But just the different moves he's made since he's come in have been really impressive
1: to me. Yeah, I don't see any way how you could keep Patan, and I've been really unimpressed. I mean, there, there's certain, there's very few things that I look back on decisions by Babcock where I'm like, yeah, that was a good decision. But him not playing Nick Patan seems validated. He just, he doesn't bring enough offensively, and he doesn't do anything yeah. else.
2: I, yeah, he's he's good at possession. Sorry, to cut you off. Baby. Yeah, like he can possess the puck pretty well, and he's skilled at that end. But yeah, as a pro, he's just something. He doesn't. Yeah, he said it. he doesn't. And they
1: they play him on the second power play, and I mean, lucky for him, it it does yeah. not seem deserved at all.
0: Like for for me, I see okay. Once in a while, there's a good you know, good setup for a goal, but it's it's like he's he's trying really hard, but it's just. It's not coming together in the way you need a player like him to bring it. Yeah. Um, I would say yeah, either him or Timoshov would have to be the odd man out.
1: I think uh,
2: Timoshov has been pretty invisible as well. Yeah, he yeah.
1: has too. I mean, you,
2: you're just he's the also only, only, the only, only like real, five eight, So the, the only fourth
1: line. liner I've really been you know happy with would it's gotta be um, Angle. I thought he's been really yeah. good.
2: what's well, I've been tooting the guys horn for a bit now since he came over to the NHL, and he's just such a good skater. Oh, my God. It's my favorite thing about him.
0: He's a good skater. He's, he, he you know, he, some people are probably going to say for a guy his
1: size, he's not physical, but he doesn't have to be. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, he's not Tom Wilson, but he's not no. a complete, you know, l- He's not a liability using his size like the GOAT is. Like, yeah, exactly. The, go- the GOAT is like 6'6", and he- he's like, I'm sorry whenever he goes in into middle ice and he goes into a corner and hits someone. Like I <laughs> feel like he's going to apologize. Yeah. it's I mean, it's ridiculous, but... I don't know. Maybe he's got good uh, face-off percentages or something, but yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about what he brings.
0: Yeah, and I think when you look at... The roster. We never thought the bottom six was really the problem. It's just the top guys were not really. there There's something missing there. And I think that's what Sheldon has done. He's made it realize. Okay, when guys, are, you know, in the top six aren't getting their ice time, of course they're not going to have enough opportunity to have an impact on the game. And Jake, I think you mentioned it a while back when we were complaining about some of the things Backhawk was doing. You said a shit like adding another minute and a half, 2 minutes especially of ozone time is going to make a difference for these guys. I don't know if it was you or Austin that brought this up. And I Jake, feel like <laughs> and I f- I feel like that that's significant. That's what this is the thing. This is what every other team in the league is doing who has a star player. You got, like the other night Leon Dryside will played 29 minutes.
2: Which is just 29th. stupid. I mean, yeah, you want to I, go on my daily Edmonton rant that they're
1: no, playing they I mean, they're
2: playing those guys twenty nine minutes a game because Zach is their yes. third
1: best scorer. It's just what they have to do. I mean it works yeah. for them, good for them. <laughs> in the, the long term In the you in can't, the long term, yeah. is that gonna work? No. no. Unlikely. Um, but I mean you can't fault them. Like it, it, would you I'd rather have them playing thirty minutes a night than I don't even know who their fourth line is. Like, n- name, random, fill-in blank. Like I feel I like
2: there's a guy named Chase. There's a 91. I don't
1: know. No. Thomas Yurko
2: was there at one point. No,
1: that doesn't sound right. He got waved, I thought.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he was on the Blackhawks, but that might have been last year. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, name me somebody that's not Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Drysdale on that forward core, and Cassian, I already said, so.
1: Juju Kyra is the only one I can think of. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a fan of him. I think he's a good player. He's a good bottom six guy. Yeah, it's like a fourth line yeah, player. Like no,
0: I'm not yeah. saying there's a problem with him, but I'm saying that's the only other guy I can really think of on the Oilers right now. Sam Gagne is playing on with them right now. Is Jesus, a, he is. He uh, is. I know he was on the
2: team. I just didn't. No, know. he's been
0: playing. I thought he was
1: in the Marlies. No,
0: he. No, so he got traded from uh, from Vancouver to Edmonton for. Oh, who's? It uh... was another fourth line, like. No, who's the guy that they've traded for uh, from New York for Strom?
2: Oh, it was uh, Spooner.
0: Yes, I'm pretty sure it was Spooner. They traded Spooner to trade. Vancouver, and Vancouver traded them Gagne. I'm pretty sure that's the deal. He
2: turned Jordan Everly into a player you already had.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. It, yeah, it, the, playing the forwards more is a big thing. They've been getting the saves from Freddie, like against Buffalo, Jake. Uh, I know you weren't watching, but that game, even though the Leafs peppered Bo- Buffalo with shots, Freddie had to make saves that we weren't seeing him make. The one where the puck almost went in on the net, where he caught it, where he robbed, uh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it almost crossed the line. I think it was Sheary. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Sheary. That Sheery. sounds right. Um, there was that one. There was two in overtime where somebody was left in front of the net, and he robbed them. Uh, like there were just so many of those saves that, like, honest, honestly, there were so many good saves that the goal was absolute garbage that Rio Alina scored. Yeah, like that did not look like a dangerous t- chance, and yet that's the one that goes in when Freddie is making these unbelievable saves. It kind of seems like the mo for him, where he's just doing so well that I knew it was going to be a garbage goal that was going to go by him. So,
1: which that's usually how it works.
0: Which brings me. To something negative. I know it's funny because I've talked about Cody CeCe. We've all talked about Cody CeCe. Somebody actually tried to defend Cody CeCe by bringing up the fact that he blocked a shot against Colorado in that final minute that would have uh, tied the game. In that, you know that when Colorado was making that, trying to make the comeback. Yeah, he made one good play. He made a good play. Can't take mm. that away from him. But for the yeah, one one step forward, nine steps back. That is exactly what I was just about to say. You can yeah, you can have a good moment, but if you're not having, but if you're having five five or six bad moments to precede it, it doesn't matter. This is this is my whole thing with uh, Leafs Nation who are getting on guys like Nylander, and oh, you know he looked bad on this one goal, and then that one goal will be the no. that will be the sample for the, his whole season, where he'll have a bunch of good plays to over, over do you know, to overlook it.
2: By the way, happy anniversary, guys!
0: Oh yes, today. Well, you ruined one of my yeah. things. Oh,
2: I don't care, William William Neander's greedy bastard day. Happy okay. anniversary.
0: We will we'll get to that in a second, uh, but I wanted to talk about Cody Cece first because he's. There's times where I like the coaches are pretty much telling him, your job, stay in front of the net, guard the front of the net. And on that Rieselainen goal, he falls. And that's why Line got the free lane to the net where he could do whatever he want. Because some were saying, oh, his skate got taken out from under him. I don't care. Rieselainen was going to the net, and he just stood there like a literal pylon. We told Dion Phaneuf Dion the pylon. For years, Cody Cece was invi- th- like the pure, most simplest form of defining what a pylon on the ice is. And that was him.
2: And that one goal, though, I mean, it's yes. it's easy to blame Cece, but there's also a couple guys like the center.
0: Well, McKayev let, Mikhe- let him walk around him. That's yeah. true. So I also gave McKayev a little bit of crap. But I also thought McKayev. You know, because he let him through, he also thought his defender was going to back him up, and clearly he didn't.
2: But, but the guy's cutting across the crease, so you need yeah. to be there on the far post.
0: Um, so this is what I'm going to say. The reason why the Cody CC thing bothers me so much is a couple weeks ago, before Babcock was fired, this is literally just before they went on their road trip. Kyle Dubas went up and defended the guy. He defended him. And what does he do this is like like when you someone defends you and saying oh you know my like let's say a, a child a parent says oh my child wouldn't cheat on this test and you go out and you cheat on a test you, yes. it's like you're taking away the goodwill your general manager has for you like that makes your general manager look bad when he's trying to defend you and you're and what do you do to respond he's so that th- it just annoys me because that's four and a half million dollars. That I know for a fact, you can get a better defenseman for four and a half million dollars. CC, <laughs>
1: that's not saying a lot. Yeah.
0: Well, it, but it's know, the
1: truth. I mean, at
2: first glance, honestly, it's kind of that that quote from Dubas is concerning because it's like, oh God, he actually thinks CC's good. He might resign him, but.
0: No,
1: also,
2: when sign. you think about it, it's more dubious trying to preserve a move to rationalize
1: making it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, were people honestly expecting him to just yes. like, he sucks.
2: Oh, that's no, right. I thought you were going to say, were people expecting Cody Cc to be good? And I was going to say yes.
1: No, yeah, people have. But, oh I mean, are God. they expecting a GM to just fully roast him or something? No.
2: Yeah, Thanks. exactly. What is a GM going to do mid-season? he's not he's not bowman he's not just gonna rip this
1: guy a new ass like and it's not like it's gonna work like he he sucks anyway like I guess positive reinforcements better than nothing but Jesus
0: all right I got I've gotten my chance to vent now let's now bring up the fact that on the as we're recording this we're recording this Sunday night around this would have been four hours ago. We would have gotten word that William Nylander had signed his deal. Uh, because I literally came down to the wire. I was working. I came day. down
1: to four fifty nine on December first, twenty eighteen. Oh my God. I just I that... uh, I was going to see a college hockey game when I saw that I was on a train. I'm like, oh wow.
0: Yeah. And when he signed that deal, we all know it was a six year d de- six year deal, correct? Right, yeah, That was wrong. the
2: moment Nick Kyrpios' heart broke.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of people's heart broke. Um,
2: <laughs> None of them over under the age of 30.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Nylander agrees to the six-year deal. We know what happened the rest of that season. Wasn't very good. Now he's up to 10 goals, so he's well on his way past the totals from last year. So he's he's already passed it. He has yep. to be. He's 10. Last year he had seven. He's well on his way to passing the points total he had last year. What has – so What was it just simply something just wasn't right when he came back and he wasn't able to regain whatever confidence was shot? Or what do you think it was now that we've you, seen him play?
2: I think it was the uh, fact that he didn't play any hockey games. He just, he I, I think it was
1: that. I think you know he kind of felt he probably felt a lot of pressure just uh, the beginning of the beginning of the season, tr- having to live up to that. And they were playing so well, he kind of was jumping on a moving train. And and I mean, especially guys where you know they make their bones on scoring goals. Like he's not a guy where he's going to make a great defensive play. He's not a guy who's going to you know chip in uh, by you know fighting someone or you know, roughing someone up or something like that. He, his, all his contributions are on the goal sheet. And I mean, if you get into a shooting slump, I, sh- I mean, I, I've, I've played before. I've been a guy where basically your entire confidence has to do with if the puck's going in, it doesn't matter how it goes in, but if it doesn't go in, you feel like you just snake bitten. and it, and you know, it just adds up. You put more and more pressure on yourself and that's probably what happened for him. And so, like, a reset was, I think, very necessary. And, I mean, it's it, – let's just say it was a good thing that he started scoring um, early on. But it's nice that he's sort of, you know, getting a streak going because, you know, he's always going to be one of those players that's streaky. I mean, no player in the NHL, unless it's, you know, McDavid or Kane or or Dreisaitl, scores one or two points a night. That just doesn't happen. Most guys have ten points in six games, then – three and 10 games and then 13 and eight and stuff like that. It's all about, you know, surviving streaks, cold streaks and hot streaks. And he's no different.
0: Yeah, I, I do agree that I think, you know, he's not a guy, as Jake mentioned, will score every single game. It There's not many players in the NHL that do that. The NHL is big on the Stars having 10, 12 14 game point streaks. We were just talking about it. Um, I was talking about it with someone I worked with. That Patrick Kane, I think, had a 16 game point streak.
1: But, like, for he Patrick, like, did I didn't I did I read this correctly? He had like 30 points in November or something ridiculous. Uh, he was the second starred. Um, McDavid was first. I actually can look that
0: up because Patrick Kane was, the, as per NHL standards, was the second best player in the league. Um but the problem is, is the Blackhawks just haven't been as haven't been great that he, he And he he
1: was the third star by the way.
0: He was the third. Oh yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, cuz second star was McKinnon. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So uh Patrick Kane had he had Christ. 24 points. 24 in, points in, in 15 November. games.
1: <laughs> and he had six six game goal streak.
0: Yeah. He was one of uh, actually he was one of my NHLPA players of the week uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh,
1: I he, mean, he's that, insane. Yeah. I mean, he's
0: also he, a he's, he's also a former first overall pick. That's what you expect from him. William Nylander was a was what eighth?
1: Eighth. Yeah.
0: What he's doing, it's pretty good for an eighth overall pick, especially considering he doesn't know now he's getting first power play time, but. For the good part of the season, he wasn't the first power play guy. He wasn't He wasn't really hitting the net at times, too. We were talking about that.
2: He's a rough time. Dude. Let's just get that out of the way.
0: Yeah. So, I think he has shown that, you know, he didn't have the goodwill that other guys may have had uh, from Leafs Nation, but I think he's shown that he is getting on the right path. And, look, whether you love him or you hate him, you have got to be happy the fact that Dubis did not listen to any idiots who said he has to trade him. He has to trade him, especially at the time where he was playing so badly. Yeah, a declining asset. Why would you ever do that?
1: So, I, don't know. I, I I tend to be one of the one of the few that you know is um pretty even keeled with players. I don't get you know too high on him and too low. I mean, it's all about what your expectations are. I mean, if you're Really gonna be someone who's so narrow-minded that you're like, oh, phew, he didn't win that puck battle, or um, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't check that guy through the boards, or he didn't wash someone. Then you're an idiot. Like, you're looking at, you're looking at something that's just never gonna happen. So you're you're just basically always negative, and nothing will change your opinion. And if you just sort of embrace players for what their roles are. Like, he's a guy that is offensively gifted. He's going to, you know, score goals. He's going to get a uh, chip in on the power play, and that's what he is. I mean, you're not looking for him to win faceoffs or anything like that. That's not his role. No. So if you have expectations or what you're expecting out of him based on his contract is for him to do that, then you're going to be mistaken. But, I mean, if you expected a guy to, you know, score 65 points, you know, maybe score 30 goals, then... You know he seems to be right on track for what it is. And I mean, I, I love how people throw around ridiculous comps that aren't even comps. you know guys like Nathan mcKinnon, uh, Pasternak, Barkov, um guys who, if they were renegotiating contracts, would probably be about five million above where they're at right now, then that's that's your that's a you problem and not a him problem.
0: And the th- guys you just mentioned, Jake, only one of them wasn't a first overall pick or a second overall pick, as well. Yeah, um, Austin. Last night, I don't yes. know if you saw it, but I saw it. Kelly Rudy does his after headlines. He does like Rudy's takes, oh, and they were talking. I missed this,
2: but I heard about it.
0: So what he did was they were Even going to go on and he was saying he was saying, "Look at okay, here's good things Willie does, but then here's bad things Willie does." And he goes, you know, he scores this really nice goal. But then on this play, you know, he lets up on this guy. Or on this play, he lets up on this guy. And I feel like going, are we trying to make it look like William Nylander is the only player in the NHL who does this? Yep. Is he, is he the only player that backs off when a guy who is much bigger than him goes after the puck? Goes after the puck? I, I don't get You know
2: what the media wants is for William Nylander to get in that damn board side and get his head taken off by a six four defenseman. That's grit landing on the IR for two weeks with a concussion.
0: Do people forget that he had he had gone absolutely demolished at the World Juniors by a dirty ass hit? You don't think... see by like
2: Austria or Denmark or Latvia or one of those odd teams.
0: Doesn't that make a player like that maybe think twice about trying to go after the engage in a puck battle with someone bigger than them? Knowing that and he's also I think had another concussion with the Marlies if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, I do believe he did yes.
0: So that people need to remember he's not gonna go out there and just throw his throw his body around like it's nothing. This guy also understands that he can't do that because when you have a, a history of concussions I'm sorry, if I had concussion issues in the past, I probably wouldn't be doing that unless I just did not care and I felt yeah. like I could do it. Now, is that an excuse of why he shouldn't at least give an effort? No. But it's also an explanation of why maybe he's not going to be the, you know another uh, Dmitro Timoshov and just going after people in the corners and, and trying to get under their skin.
2: How about the um? How about the boomers, White Knight, Mitch Marner? How many times does he go into the boards and just throw his body into a guy?
0: I,
1: oh, but
2: he's exempt because he blocked a shot that one time.
1: <laughs> so okay, this I don't know. It's it's just for it's me. Really, it's just we constantly. have this
2: conversation every
1: single podcast. For it's me, it's so just con- it's, <laughs> it, it's like so comparable to the Raptors uh, with American media. It's just you're always moving the goalposts. So they do something right. You can't praise them. You got you to gotta turn into a negative. Like with the Raptors, like, oh, pff, they won a championship. Well, they're never doing that again. And it's like they're not making the playoffs. Oh, pff, well, pff, not doing that again. They're like, they're 17-4. Oh, pff, well, got to beat better teams. They beat the Sixers. Then they somehow turn it around into an indictment on how the Sixers are a problem because they <laughs> lost a game. I don't know. It's it's, it happens in a bunch of different sports, so it's not exclusive just to the Leafs, but I mean, it, I find it incredibly annoying when people just consistently move the goalposts. It just means they're, they're never going to be satisfied and they're always going to be stuck in their ways, which is just, in my opinion, is just stupid.
0: I could not agree more with you guys. Um, let, let's get into something that I didn't want to really talk too much about this. Cause it's, it's been beaten to death. So I'm gonna take a different spin on it. We all know about the Mike Babcock stuff with Mitch Marner. Um look, do I we, we we discussed this in our group chat. We all thought it was pretty stupid. We thought it it was bizarre. I think that's a probably a good way to describe the story about Mitch and you know Babcock asking him to put down a list together of players And who he thinks doesn't give an effort. And then him going and buying his back and telling those players. I it was there's no defending what he did. It's just it's the most I I think Ray Farrar was pretty good when he called it amateurish. It doesn't sound like something that any other NHL coach does. But we're we're kind of I don't know if you guys get this sense, we're kind of lumping Babcock with what's been going on with Bill Peters. Yeah, I, I don't I like don't, that either. I do no. not understand. There's a very different line that Mike Babcock crossed and Bill Peters. Bill Peters. Mike
2: yeah, no, Babcock trust was just losing just, no. the, losing the trust of the locker room. What Bill Peters did was just be an asshole.
1: No, oh, no, man. no, no, no. So I, I, I disagree with that. I, I'd say what Mike did is like, wow, really? You're a dick. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. you're just
1: it's... a dick. And then what Bill Peters does, it's like, you're a piece of shit you're yeah. a piece of shit human being like i'm at i, I still don't I, I still don't know i mean i know it's different based on you know akim aliyu wasn't really a guy and uh, who was he was a fringe nhl player so it's kind of hard for me to you know go against him but like they said he like kicked and punched a guy on the boards or on the behind bench. the behind the bench which I'm sure he did because it's been verified by you know Ron Francis and other people. But how the hell would you not like if if a coach punched me in the back of the head or did something, I'd be like, yo, you do that again, I'm gonna punch you in the face, and it's gonna hurt you a hell of a lot more than it hurts me. I mean, I, like physical physical abuse, I, it makes no sense to me. Like there there was a thing with um, I think it was a former Rutgers basketball coach who was just like throwing basketballs at players. And I remember I lived with a a basketball player. And I'm just like, man, what if one of our coaches did that to you? And he said, I would beat the living shit out of him. I don't care if I got, you know, uh, kicked out of school or lost my scholarship. Don't hit me. Like, I'm fine. Say any word you want. Like, that's sports. That's just life in general. As long as it's not, you know, racist or something that is, like, so offside, fine. You know, use any curse word you want. Don't use, you know... Uh, you know, racial slurs or anything like that, but like physically hitting someone is so such bush league.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know. We don't know to what this is the thing when he says he kicked me and he punched me. I don't know to what extent, as well. I would assume that if an NHL player said he kicked me, he punched me, it's a pretty good kick and it's a pretty good shot to the head, or wherever he punched them. Like, I. This is this has been a little out of control. Like the whole conversation has not. Like I know people are trying to express their views. This is this is something that's common with any trending story, is to hop on. Everyone give, has to have their word. Yeah, everyone has to have their word, and make sure you, my word is loud and so pointed that it gets good reaction from people. Like I I've I've stayed away for a couple reasons just i think what happened is absolutely trash like the bill peter stuff i i yeah. was waiting for that announcement on friday we knew it was coming with the mike babcock thing there's, there's two totally different situations like the
1: mike Leafs Babcock
2: have... wasn't fired because of what he did to Mitch Martin. mike no. babcock was fired because he was a terrible coach with that team
1: the co- oh, he basically terrible. lost his He did did a bad job with what what their expectations were.
2: He was fine up until this year, and then the room just...
1: Correct,
0: yes. I think, you know, somebody brought it up to me, and people thought, you know, considering Jason Spezza, when he came to Toronto early to work with the young guys, and then for Babs to pretty much put him on a pedestal and say, this guy is not going to get his way, I'm going to make sure he doesn't play the home opener. I'm going to sit him at times where he probably shouldn't be sitting. I think that would also lose the room in a way too, considering the players, the young guys especially, probably like Jason Spezza. They looked up to him. And here's a coach who's basically saying, ah, you guys like this guy? Well, guess what? I control what happens with him. So you're going to have to deal with that. I think that's probably where a lot of the NHL players who are talking out about Mike Babcock right now are getting at in that Babcock knew he had the control. He also has an ego. We know that for sure. Especially when the Leafs gave him that contract they gave him. But Babcock also knew that (laughs) people are not going to question me as much because of my resume. I think that is a dangerous thing and I'm sure you guys may agree with that, that. Success is great but you also have to be pretty mindful of where that success like how much of that success was you and how much was the people you work with as well? I think sometimes that gets mis uh, misread in situation. I think Babcock definitely misread the the players and his control his not his control his relationship with them.
1: I mean, for the for the case of him, it, he's he just seems like a guy that has had success doing everything his own way. Yes, I mean, it, it's very it's very similar to everybody else. Like people, people can say that like, Oh, I'm so open to change and everything like bullshit. Like I'd have to see it done in their profession. Like imagine you are someone as he's a hall of fame coach. Like if you like him or not, it doesn't matter. He's going to be in the hall of fame, but to be someone who succeeded literally everywhere they've been, never been fired is unbelievable. I think it would be unbelievably difficult to just... It's hard for people to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I'm going to change it. It's hard. A lot of people are super stubborn, um, whether people say it or not, and I think that's just what killed him. I mean, he was really set in his ways, and he's a guy that has obviously a massive ego, and he wants to do... He'll either do it the right way, or he'll do it his way, or he'll lose. And I think that's where he kind of went. And the players kind of... Players and I think management kind of looked at him like, "All right, you're not even trying." I mean, look at the Dubas quotes from I think it was at the MIT Sloan Analytics Conference where he said, "If you don't have, you know, two employees who are supposed to be working simpatico with each other, it's just never going to work." Yeah, and it's just it's true. I mean, it's a perfect uh, representation of how you know that relationship between those two worked. And I never thought it was going to work. Um, just based on you know the differing ideologies and, and how both of them had completely different ways on how they viewed uh, winning a championship. But, I mean, in the end, it doesn't really matter. But no. I guess we'll see. We'll see where it goes. If, uh, if they can make it to the playoffs and get past round one, it's deemed a success no matter what. So... This is uh,
0: the ne- the other thing I want to bring up about uh, Babcock and Austin. I don't know if you can maybe help me out here, but I can do my best. People are people are making it seem like there there like when what Bill Peters did not just show what he was as a coach, but as a person. People are kind of trying to do the same thing as Babcock, but I feel like people are mis misreading what Mike Babcock's morals were like because. I don't think Mike Babcock is a bad person. I just think that when it comes to his tactics and the way he do- went about his job, again, Jake thinks summed it up perfectly. He was stubborn about it. He was like, "This is my way. This I get done." I've heard many stories about Mike Babcock, and you know his commitment to helping people. Um, like I, when I saw when he he's at the draft and he sees the the prospect coming down, getting his jersey, and he's like where's your family? Like, I want to meet your family. Like he cares about the person and maybe he's, maybe for him, he's like that older school type of coach and saying, look, if you want to succeed, you got to buy into what I'm trying to sell. And I think that's what he was trying to do with Marner. But unfortunately it's an old tactic that in an age where I think hockey players are more cohesed together as a unit especially in groups that he lost. I think he lost, especially, let's not remember, forget, this is a young team. This is probably the youngest team he's ever coached. And I think he lost sight of that. Younger guys just do things differently than the veterans he's come to know throughout his career.
2: I mean, even when he was with Detroit, one of the youngest guys on the team was Drew Miller, and he had white hair at, like, 25. So,
1: um.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing either of you said that was, I disagree with on Babcock, honestly. it's We knew going in, he's... I mean, championships, gold medals, Stanley Cups, everything's there for him. Um, and that's where you get the ego and the stubbornness from because it's worked for him for so long that it's his way or the highway. Um, and it's just not how it goes nowadays. You see, we talked about Sheldon Keefe earlier, is a guy that used to play and knows how the players think. Babcock used to play, but he didn't play in this era. No. He played back in, what, the 80s, the 90s, something like that.
0: Well, he never played in the NHL. He's pl- no, he, he played
2: college and then got into coaching.
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I just think, you know, Keith has been working with a lot. Like, he is better equipped to know how the current roster is because he's worked with these guys. He's been through every rank, junior, AHL, and now in the NHL he realizes – these guys aren't, like, look, we know the NHL is different than the AHL, but the players themselves are not very different. And I, I also look at the fact that people are just like, oh, you're going to bring a guy from the AHL who doesn't have the experience of Mike Babcock. We look, I look at teams like Tampa when they brought in John Cooper, who was just an AHL coach. I think he won a title in the AHL.
1: And he you did. see yep. how the light. He was are.
2: the coach of the Norfolk team that beat the Marlies in
1: 2012. Yeah. yeah. They were unbelievable, that team.
0: So you see how John Cooper is like in Tampa. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bruce Cassidy was the AHL coach in Providence when he took over for Claude Julien.
1: And he look was at, Todd Reardon in, in Washington.
0: Todd Reardon in Washington. A very, thank you, Jake. Um, I look at Gerard Gallant, who's, I don't know if he had any experience in the AHL, but when he, went, when he left Florida, a lot of players were not happy. And then Vegas, you see how that seems to be working out pretty well for, for him over there. Uh, I'm trying to think well, of other coaches that. I'm pretty
2: sure I wished the gallant treatment on Babcock at one point during that road trip. Maybe it was after the Pittsburgh game.
0: <laughs> maybe I, we all th- and, I I, cl- I thought that was happening after the Pittsburgh game, and I think maybe the fact that
2: he stuck around for another game is unbelievable. But I mean, whatever about Keith, just on Babcock, I mean, yeah, yeah the you saw it in the playoffs. He was out coached by Bruce Cassidy two years in a row, badly. Austin Matthews. The fact that after the first playoff series against Boston, he had to fly out to have a conversation with Austin Matthews because he was so angry does a lot.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. I'm wondering. I've, I've been wondering for the past couple days if if like a story about that is going to come out, like the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I think it's got to at some I point. Think, I spe- think, it's... especially after um, some of the things that you know came out about uh, the the story with Marner and stuff like that. But oh. we'll see. The
2: silliest part of that Marner story was that Matt Martin was benched because <laughs> he stood up for Mitch. Sure. Whatever you want to believe.
1: Yeah. I found now, that pretty humorous to be honest. Matt
2: Martin was benched because he had like one point in twenty five games or something.
1: Uh
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And his what? role was not what we needed. Anyhow, Babcock, I mean, yeah, it's just it's that's as part of it I think that's honestly one of the reasons the room was lost and I think that's a fair point point. and I remember saying on I uh, I remember saying on a podcast I think it was Ari's that the only way Mike Babcock gets fired is if he gets off to a terrible start and he this is the worst possible start the Leafs could have had and they did not look good at any point during any of those losses they only beat bottom tier teams and Babcock was too stubborn to ever make changes and Keith is the complete opposite of that.
0: Yeah, I, I I totally agree, and I think it's going to take some time for Sheldon Keith to uh, to get everything going. Like, it's not an easy situation for Sheldon Keefe to to be in, but I think so far he's handled it pretty well. It, um, we it does help
2: the situation that he's coached what thirteen of them.
0: Oh, quite a few of them, yeah. I would say
2: it's like the only two guys he hasn't coached that I can think of off the top of my head. Matthews Marner, like the core: Matthews Marner, Tavares, Mo, Muzzin, uh, Freddie, Muzzin, like those guys. Every single guy that's younger: Willie, Cappy, Johnson, Trevor Moore, Engvall, Goat.
0: I keep forgetting uh, Trevor Moore's been injured too. Holy smokes! I'm like they're missing some guys.
2: Yeah, Trevor Moore's been out. That's been an under the radar, and Kerfoot just came back last game from the suspension.
0: Yeah, Kerford hasn't really been good since the He hasn't been great, straight. but he hasn't been terrible. Um so this is my and my quest. now the thing I gotta get to. And I know Jake also believes this too. The Leafs desperately need to trade for a backup goalie guys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> that's, that's, smoke's
1: that's pretty pretty glaring.
0: Ooh. Um, Austin, I know you follow him on Twitter. I appreciate sure you do. Kevin Papetti.
2: Yeah.
0: How Kevin, I hate I don't know if he's gonna listen. How in the world can you go out there and say on Twitter, three of those goals that Hudson left in, let in, were not his fault? Where did the where I'm did it, with him, Honestly, after looking back at it,
1: Uh look the the Jack Eichel goal where he's I don't know, you you can nitpick goals all you, you want, yeah. like you got to make a fucking save.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there's both ways of looking at it. Honestly, I just think. There's a hard case to be made that even Freddie might not make a save on that Eichel shot. That was a rip. Uh,
0: look, this is the thing. You not every chance. The is worst. Going to be the worst easy. goal were the last. Yeah. Two. Not this every.
1: Not these are guys are NHL players. Not every chance should be a goal, or not every chance should be a save. Yeah. That uh, Eichel goal also. There, two guys I, were for, back. For the me, it's just it's just like the timing. Like yes. Never right. has a timely save.
2: That's the issue with me, is it's not the quality of goals or whose fault it was. The pucks in the net, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's going to count regardless of whose fault it was. But
1: You're just like, oh, my you God. You
2: score a goal, and then they yeah. immediately come down and get some Bush League chance.
0: This is the thing I, I don't get. Look, he's an NHL goalie. I don't understand where this idea that, especially guys who have been with the Marlies, why is there this quick desire to defend them? Look, the AHL is not the Marlies NHL. Marlies are the best. <laughs> But
2: this, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, to be fair, Hutchinson earned himself an opportunity as much as nobody would want to hear that. He had like close to ninety-five save percentage with the Marlies after getting sent down. Look, so I, I, get it, one it, more shot. He didn't do his job, but I mean, ninety-five save percentage. You got to at least yeah. give him a look, especially under the new system.
0: I guess the Leafs thought, okay, you get it with the Marlies. You're away from the. I guarantee Babcock didn't help in that regard because we know how he is with backup goalies. Um, but th- let's be real here. In every single game, he's allowed at least four goals. This isn't just a one off situation. And this is the part that you can't, if it's a one off situation, fine, you can defend it. But if it's every single start, it gets harder to defend it. And look, do I want to see Michael Hutchinson succeed? Absolutely. Because then guess what? You don't need to go out and get a goalie. I don't think. (laughs) Can, can people realize that this issue is not that we don't like Mike, Michael Hutchinson. We want him to fail. We want them to go get another goalie. I don't, I we don't, don't want don't give a shit if his name
1: is, is uh, Michael Hutchinson, Casimir, Cascasuo, uh, Andrew Raker off the I, I, second, I, I as long as he stops the any, goddamn puck. I don't give a shit if his name is Click Clock Bling Blong. Like, it's, if you can make saves and win games, I'm fine. I don't care. Uh, but, I mean... Some people just have gotten an attachment to just anything that's not Curtis McElhaney is just garbage.
0: Well, um,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, you can't blame them. They've seemingly been right thus far.
2: I mean, when Joseph Wool comes up, we'll be fine, but he's still probably <laughs> a year away from being ready. Please don't do so, that
0: to a 20-year-old. Just Yeah, I, exactly.
2: It's, it's the goalie curve, man. He's not going to be ready until he's like 23,
1: 22. unless you're a fucking
2: like Carter Hart and you're ready when you're 18 yeah. years old, like a freak. Uh, he probably
1: um, probably needs two more years with the Marlies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's not even the starter this year. He's playing behind one of Cascasio or Hutchinson. So he needs this year at least and then next year at least. He's not going to be ready.
0: No. And which is fine. I just, like, this is the thing people need to understand. It's It was the same thing with Garrett Sparks. We wanted Garrett Sparks to work because guess what? We let Macleany we put Maclean on waivers for the damn guy. We wanted it to work. But guess what? He made it difficult, too, when he made the comments. You can't defend. When a guy is going out and making those comments, he has no ground to stand on. At least Hutchison is being, quite frankly, he's being honest with his assessment of himself if you ever listen to him speak. He knows he's not getting the job done. And unfortunately, at some point, the Leafs need someone who's going to get the job done. This is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not in the past where we try to pass off Vesa Vesetoskala, Jonas Gustason, uh, you know, John Sebastian Jaguar on half a groin. This hey, not... I would have
1: taken I would have taken J.S. Jaguar in some of those games.
0: Yes, I would have too. Over Remember Jonas.
1: him costing the Leafs the uh, first overall pick? I'm pretty sure. No, that <laughs> or, or, no 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 or that
0: the, or the... <laughs> that was not him. That was Martin Gerber. If you don't Gerber, <laughs>
1: Gerber. Gerber! It, it was Martin Gerber.
0: Like I think the most fun I ever had with the Leafs' terrible goaltending was when they brought Curtis Joseph back, and and he, they put him in in the shootout. That they one put time. him in that one time when Martin Gerber got ejected from the game for pushing a ref. Kudrow comes in, absolutely stonewalls the Capitals, to help the Leafs win. By God, I don't even think they realize how the hell they won that game. Do you and remember then, the
1: silliest
2: part about that game, Dave? Uh, do you remember? Do you remember Jake? I think you remember this back when they they used to try and make hockey tape not a thing. So they had like the stickers that were on them that had grip. Yeah, I still have one of those. Yeah. So Curtis Joseph had one of those, but he had a custom one that was his. Ti- uh, is it a tiger? No. No, the
0: the it's the uh, it's the, uh, the the mask the,
2: the dog thing that's on his mask.
0: It's the wolf.
1: Wolf. Line. It's it's Thank I, you. was it a wolf? Yeah.
2: I'm trying I draw a complete blank there. I thought it was a polar bear for Earl No for yeah. sure. no no So no. the thing was that with the his mask design on the tape and then his fucking autograph was on the on his own tape job.
1: That's pretty bold That's
2: the only yeah. Only Cujo. Only a legend like Cujo could pull that off. And then he wins in the shootout, coming in cold.
1: Yeah Anyhow
0: Oh it was it's How about it's, Justin Pogey? Oh, oh, good lord! Or
2: Michael Telquist.
0: like
1: okay, guys, yeah. we're we're just pe- fucking Pogey.
2: He uh, he was the goaltender on Lilygren's team during his draft year. He was with uh, yeah.
1: Rovla. Justin Poggy.
2: Yeah. Wow. He's still playing in Sweden.
1: Boy, respect. He's still cashing checks. That guy
2: Telquist was still playing in the KHL up until a couple years ago.
1: I mean, you're not. He cashing was like checks, the so. smallest goalie I've ever seen.
2: So. Garrett Sparks, just speaking of him, because I was looking it up real quick, a couple weeks ago he was leading the AHL in goaltending again. He has a 250 say, uh, goals against and a 924 save percentage in 13 games, and then he's got an 85 save percentage in the NHL this year.
0: Yeah. So, so goalies are just voodoo. Just, just guys, AHL goalies, It's it's one thing, good, you get your experience. Once you get to the NHL, it's a whole other thing. And this is the thing that bothers me a little bit. Hutchinson in that one start against Montreal in preseason, where Montreal iced their pretty much their NHL lineup, looked absolutely dynamite. And all of a sudden now, it's like he can't he can't buy the save at the right time. I just don't get it. Um, but I think Kyle Dubas needs to needs to address it. He could have addressed it if he had picked up a goalie off waivers, a la Louis Domingue. Even in Eric, I mean Eric Comrie hasn't even been good. He's been better than Hutchison though in the he NHL. He just
2: got traded yesterday.
0: Yeah, for like a, a lower. At least sorry, So, yeah that that is something that the Leafs will have to address.
1: Uh, whether that we'll happens. Go get
2: Bernier. Screw it.
1: Again, you got. I was gonna say I was gonna say one of the Pittsburgh goalies. I mean Tristan Jarry's been on Jari. The trail, but yeah. like even to Smith. I mean I I don't know what the cost would be on them. I I'm just. I, Assuming I, it would be, it would not be cheap. Well, Considering I, they'd probably have to eat money. They I, were even
2: talking about trying to bring Scott Darling in because he was in the.
1: I would, the yeah. Th- I, I mean, I heard it's funny because I heard him on spitting Chicklets maybe a week ago. Yeah. But I mean, it can't be worse, boy. right? He is. He's, he was like six six or something like that. Yeah.
0: He's a good. Go- he was a good backup goalie. Let's not forget. He's a decent. Yeah, he was back- a
1: stud
2: with Chicago.
0: He just had injury problems, and he was just wasn't ready to be a starter. Um, Jake is Airline happy about something I thought he was
1: good enough for him to get what nearly four million a year.
0: Jake, what are you happy about?
1: Uh Pasternak just scored against the on price of fucking laser. I can't believe Damn it, this. those bum leaves should I have can't taken believe it. this guy's got twenty six goals. That is he's gonna twenty six, right? He, something like he's gonna he might
0: he's pushing for fifty he,
1: and fifty. Like To be honest, he holy Christ, that was a missile. He just got a <laughs> like a slapper from the top of the he is so good. I mean, like, I'm not one of those guys that's just a hater on anyone if they play for a team I don't like. He is so good. He's so. I love, I love everything about him because he's a guy you would love to play with and play against. Like, I'm someone who likes to, I love scoring goals, um, and I loved hitting people. He is a guy that you know plays with an abandonment of his body that I haven't seen in a in a long time, and he's he's a really good player.
2: Thank God for uh, Marshan. So we have somebody to hate on that top line
1: because for me, I I, I obviously don't like Marshan, but I mean, I I find it impressive how good he is. Yeah. I remember when he was a rookie in 2011, like, I'm like, this guy, this guy's shot is pretty unreal. Some of the goals he had in that, that cup, uh, that Stanley cup playoffs he had with Boston, but I never envisioned him being a hundred point guy. I mean, I mean I'm I'm just impressed with him. I, I summers with Crosby. No, that the thing is like he's such one. a good he's such a good player that you absolutely despise certain aspects of his game because you're like, why are you doing that? Like the shit we're licking people, like I don't care if you yeah. if you cheap shot someone, cross check them in the back. Licking guys and slew footing is just like it's just BS.
2: It's the greasiest I mean, shit
1: in the game. <laughs> exactly it's just it's also he doesn't need to do it like if if he's just like being a rat and spearing guys and stuff like that i'm fine but the shit where it looks like and yes it looks like he tries to hurt people is is why why people hate him and some of the stuff like licking people like that's just completely dog shit
0: yeah this is why i'm looking forward to hopefully austin matthews like austin matthews hasn't been terrible but we know there's another gear he's not reaching right now, and he needs to lick somebody. <laughs> Something I, is it Crazy. safe to say? Oh. I don't think he's been the same player since that hit from from Dylan on the the guy from the Sharks who clonked him. Yeah, like I mean, he like we know Austin Matthews has another gear he's not reaching. That's what I'm trying to say. I think like when you look at Pasternak, when you look at guys around the league that are just lighting it up, I, I'm not seeing that from Matthews right now. I don't know if you guys are.
2: I think he's happy playing with Willie, but I think at some point he's going to go up to Keith and ask him to play with Marner.
0: I think. I think Keith. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean. I think maybe. about it. Th- I don't
2: think that's pretty... why he's not playing well. Let's put yeah. that out there. But, yeah.
1: Well, Jake, do you have a word uh, about? Yeah, I think people are kind of you know over. They're overrating him for sure. Like people, people think he's like McDavid. No, he's not. He's got like. He's got like. 35 points or something like that or 33 points. Like he's doing very well. I mean, I don't know if it's just a Leafs thing, but I've never seen a fan base more dissatisfied with a player that's got like he's on pace for almost 50 goals, on pace for 95 points and they're like, "Oh, why doesn't he do more defensively?" It's like, "What?" I mean, yeah, maybe sometimes his effort is is you know isn't what it needs to be, but Jesus Christ. I mean, are you looking for just like the perfect player or else they're complete bums? I mean, he scores phenomenal goals and he, he always scores, you know, big goals too, but yes. Um, uh, that's that's not what I think. I think he's been fine. Uh, people are, are, have expectations that are far too high. Probably goes back to times when, you know, he was, you know, scoring 11 goals in 14 games. And they're like, you know, maybe I'd be okay with having him, or McDavid, I mean, that's just not even, that's just stupid. I I mean, mean, I love Austin Matthews, but he's just not McDavid, nor nor is he. He's just not in that class. I don't think there's any player in the league that is in his class. I think he's alone at one. Then there's a second tier of just elite players like Crosby, McKinnon, um, you know, Leon Dreisidel, And then right below them, who are still elite players, bona fide all-stars probably going to be hall of fame type players it's guys like him you know like ryan gets when you know he was in his prime um guys like that i mean maybe he can show that other level but it's like he's still what 23 or 22 23 years old 22 he's not even in his prime yet yeah
0: that that's... he hasn't even entered his prime at this point that's very true so I, I know I can be critical. I'm not looking at the defensive aspect. I think I've seen, like even last night on Saturday night, I saw him go back in the defensive. I'm like, he's he ha, he's not loud about it. You know, he's quietly a, a responsible defensive player. I don't think people realize that he makes an effort to go and strip guys from the puck when they're not expecting it. He's the silent killer in that regard. I just think, yeah, I think there's when you know he's a goal scorer, I feel like there's times where the the maybe he's rushing it or he's just not getting the shot that I know he can get off like that toe drag move of his is probably there's not many players in the league that can do it like him I'm not no. seeing it enough from him that's just I my seen thing. A lot lately. so that that's my only criticism. but we also as Jake mentioned before people scores like him are streaky he might go off and Jake might as he said he might go on a streak where he scores 10 and 14. And he'll shut me up in that regard. So that's that's just basically what I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, from last Matthews' standpoint.
2: I think when Marner gets back, I think you'll see Matthews just. I don't think it's. I think it's a thing of defenses have to account for Marner more than Tavares with. I don't even know who he's playing with right now, Kapanen and.
0: So he's, he's, and, he's playing with Mikhail and Hyman right now.
2: Yeah, like the defense, all respect to John Tavares, the guys he's playing with are not no. threats unless Mitch Martyrs there. So you can stack a line and go up against Nylander and Matthews and make them look worse.
0: Yeah. So, in my opinion. And I think you're right on that. Gentlemen, uh, anything else you want to bring up before we end this?
1: No, not really. I guess you kind of got it uh, all, in, all into in the Leafs for sure.
0: Very <sighs> much so. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. Awesome. Good to have you back. Uh, make sure you follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you know we've uh, we appreciate any of the support uh, that we've received from you, and hopefully we get more. And uh, the Leafs play their next few games. They've got another back to back one up against uh, Philadelphia and Colorado before they. Oh, I didn't even look at the rest of their schedule. Why the heck would I bring that up without looking? at... They the play
2: teams ready? in the NHL this week.
0: They have. Oh, here we. Um... Here we go. So they got the Flyers, they got the Avalanche, and then they play against. They go and travel to play the St. Louis Blues. So by the time we do our next podcast, which I mean maybe we'll try to keep it to the same schedule, uh, the Leafs will have played the Stanley Cup defending Stanley Cup champions again, and we will see again how much more uh, how much more can this team look more like the Sheldon Keith Leafs than what we've seen in the past so thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next time